At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone but not just anyone alma is there to help you find the right fit visit helloalma.com therapy 30 to schedule a free consultation today that's helloalma.com therapy 30 hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. This is Odyssey's 49ers web zone No Huddle Podcast. I am Al Sacco, along with Brian Rennick, Zane Nockby, and we got a huge game coming up. NFC Championship. Cannot wait. Cannot wait to break this down with you guys. Cannot wait to watch the game. Cannot wait to get into it all. And we're going to do that. We're going to preview the game. But, guys, I wanted to start out. Award nominations came out today. And the Niners are all over the place here. And I thought we could kind of take a look at these and just kind of see, like, look at the field and see what we think and see how many of these awards we think the Niners could actually win. And I wanted to start with – let's start with Coach of the Year, I guess. And the Mm -hmm. five finalists are Nick Sirianni, Kyle Shanahan, Brian Dable, Sean McDermott and Doug Peterson. I think that Dable might win, although as great of a year as he had, he they finished two five and one. This is an award. If it were me, call me a homer. He's gone through three different quarterbacks. He went thirteen and four. It is a regular season award. I would pick Shannon here. I think Dable is going to win, but I would go with I would go with Kyle. Matthew Barry uh, made a really good point on the timeline this morning. And I, I didn't think of it this way. And you look at these coaches, right? And and you kind of think a lot of times the coach that wins it is the coach that turns around a team that either A, was shitty last year and, and good this year, or or B, uh, was just supremely better than, than everybody else. Um, or C, you know, had a, a prediction of a low win total this season and they exceeded that. And the reality is, if we're talking about coaches who exceeded win total, the most impressive coach was Pete Carroll. Uh, the the Seahawks, the Seahawks mm-hmm. Vegas over under was five games, I believe, and they won ten or nine, regardless. Nine or four, yeah. yeah, so four games better than than they were anticipated uh, to to start the season. And and Vegas, you know, we're talking about gambling, but at the same time. They tend to be pretty spot on with with a lot of their a lot of their their bets and odds and things like that. The Giants were the Giants over under for win total was seven and they won nine. So they were two better than than what they were predicted, which to me doesn't doesn't scream coach of the year on top of the two five and one finish that that Dable had. And so then you look at, all right, well, which team won the most? games and that goes to the Philadelphia Eagles and Nick Sirianni. But then you compare Sirianni to Shanahan. Sirianni won one more game. Okay. One more game than Shanahan. And Sirianni went 0 and 2 with his backup quarterback when Jalen Hurts got injured. Kyle Shanahan went 13 and 3 with mm-hmm. his QB two and then QB three, right? Uh, And his QB three was a a rookie seventh round pick, last pick in the NFL draft. And so seven and zero with him. I think, yeah, and he and they went, yeah, and they went or six, yeah, six and zero to finish the season, five and zero in his starts, six being that that Miami game. These are regular season awards, but if you look at it, 
you know, I, I think Dayball probably will get it, but, but I genuinely think without being a Homer that the best coaching job hands down is Kyle Shanahan. When he didn't get it in 2019, it was, it was a travesty because they went from basically number two, three overall pick to going into the Super Bowl, And, and I, and I think that that taught me a lot about how the, uh, evaluators look at this and, and what sort of narratives they put out and what they pay attention to. I think that there is a level of bias that's involved in it. And I'm not, I'm not whining or complaining about it. Like there's a level of bias involved in, in every single evaluation process, right? I don't care who you are. When you evaluate, whether you're evaluating an employee in an interview or you're evaluating a football player, whatever it is, there's certain things that resonate with you as an evaluator that you put more weight on. And I think that with, when it comes to Kyle, the work that he's done if he loses out on this, it's because people put more weight on other things like the number being the number one seed, for example, in Philadelphia or the Giants with Brian Dable being in a bigger market. Everybody's everybody's always been hoping for the Giants to be good. And, and they were this year, finally, and the Daniel Jones reclamation project and all of that stuff, too. But to me, I think that the reason why Kyle should get it is for the reasons that you stated. Who is going to succeed in that situation with their third string quarterback? who's a rookie who has never taken a snap in the NFL. Like there's differences between that. Josh Johnson was a third string quarterback at one point too, but he's taken snaps in the NFL. He's a veteran. He's been in the league for over 10 years. There's a difference between even that situation and what Kyle has dealt with. And what Kyle has dealt with has been much more extreme. In addition to that, he's dealt with other layers of attrition on his team, injuries to the running backs, injuries to the receivers, injuries along his line, like all of that coupled with the work that he Purdy. They've got three new starters on the offensive line this year, and they, they've they been better than they were last year. Like, that's one of my things about, and, and I want to get into it later, about this year's team is that they had a worse team last year, and they went just as far. So he's taken that and next the next step up, and how can you ignore that? How can you say that this guy hasn't done the best job in the league all year with all of those circumstances? By the way, the uh, 49ers preseason win total in Vegas was 10. So Kyle Shanahan exceeded that by three. With QB two and QB three, Brian Dable only exceeded his by two. So I think that when you look at those those numbers as well, once you get up over ten wins, every successive win is harder to get because you're playing that at that point. Like to me, it's easier to go from you know three wins to seven wins than it is from to go from ten to thirteen wins. If that makes sense. Well, and let's not forget a ten game winning streak to end the season. (laughs) There's also that. Which is there's also that. We'll continue. All right, the next award was is Offensive Rookie of the Year where the Niners are represented. And this was surprising to me because Kenneth Walker is there. Not surprised about that. Garrett Wilson is there. I thought Chris Olave was going to be the third person. And if you look at Olave and Wilson's stats, Garrett Wilson in 17 games, 83 catches, 1,103 yards, four TDs. Chris Olave, 72 catches, 1,042 yards, four TDs in, in 15 games. But 15 games, Chris Olave yeah. does not make the cut. One Brock Purdy does. And are you surprised by that? Well, listen, if he didn't qualify because he didn't have enough attempts, but Purdy would have led the league in QB rating, 107.3, TD percentage, 7.6. Yards per attempt, he would have been second at 8.1. His QBR of 65.5 would have been fifth. His completion percentage at 67% would have been seventh. And he was statistically one of the best QBs in the NFL for a third of the season. So can Chris Olave fans be upset? Maybe, but our man's there. I do not think he's going to win though. I think Garrett Wilson will win this award. I I practiced this already on the timeline. Uh, I think it was last week, the athletic football show with Robert Mays and and Nate Tice uh, put out their end of season awards episode. And they talked about, Uh, offensive rookie of the year and again it's just those two uh, and they don't have votes but within the 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 conversation they basically said we didn't even consider Brock Purdy based on the number of games that he played and so I actually tweeted at them and I said counterpoint right Purdy only played six games but the impact that he had was significantly greater than either one of those two players that they that they were arguing which was Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and I, to be fair, I said that Wilson and Alave didn't do anything impressive. Nate Tice quote tweeted me, put me in my place. I said, fair enough. That was probably too strong a language. 
Chris Olave, if you look at his, I think it was, uh, I can't remember what stat he, he put out there, but um, it was, you know, and it was an advanced metric, but it was essentially the best rookie season outside of, I think it was like OBJ and Jamar Chase or something like that. Here's the thing. <clears throat> We're talking now with three, the, the three finalists with being Brock Purdy, Kenneth Walker and, and Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson had over a thousand yards, right? Kudos to him, but he also did it in 17 games and it was barely over seven, over a thousand yards. Garrett Wilson had five games where he had 30, less than 30 receiving yards in the entire game, five of them. And he had thank 15 you, games. Huh? I said, thank you, Zach. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then he had 15 games where he didn't score a touchdown. So his four touchdowns came in two games and each game he scored two touchdowns. So counting stats wise is a thousand yards. Impressive. Sure. Sure. Um, did he have the kind of level of impact that Brock Purdy had even in his 17 games versus Brock Purdy's six games or five starts and, and, and six games of play? Absolutely not. And so if this, if this award is about impact, impact, you know, who had the biggest impact, you can't argue that it's anybody but Brock Purdy. And so do I think he's going to win it? Like you, Al, I don't. I, you know, I, I think too many people are going to say he hasn't played enough. But what I appreciate is that he's at least being considered because I, I, think, I think he at least deserved that. Yeah, I feel like when you get into things like this, look, Garrett Wilson was a first-round pick. Kenneth Walker was a second-round pick. Rock Purdy, as we know, last pick in the draft, right? It's been it's been discussed ad nauseum right now. But I think that your draft position doesn't necessarily dictate what your career arc is going to be because we've seen plenty of first-round picks fail. Solomon Thomas, Ruben Foster, we've seen plenty of them fail here. But when you are drafted at that level, I feel like there the expectations on you are much different because you have the talent that justifies that. Now, should Brock Purdy have been drafted? in the seventh round based on what we've seen on, on film. No, I feel like if they were to redo that, he gets drafted much earlier, but that being said, we have to look at the whole picture here in the context and the, ex the expectations that are put on these rookies as they come into the league. And I feel like what the, the job that Brock Purdy has done at the most important position in sports in an offense that was filled with playmakers that, that needed some sort of direction that was, was stalling, frankly, under, under Jimmy Garoppolo, the work that he has done to bring them to where they are at, scoring over 30 points a game, going undefeated down the stretch, looking like a veteran in the playoffs. Those are intangible things that won't show up on a ballot for rookie of the year, but those are super important things. So what I say is that Kenneth Walker, Garrett Wilson can keep the rookie of the year. Brock Purdy can keep the Super Bowl trophy. And that's what I say. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Comeback player of the year. Uh, nominees are Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, and Geno Smith. In the second half of the year, I'll say Christian McCaffrey was MVP candidate. I think he was that good. Uh, McCaffrey's coming off. He played seven games the previous season with injuries. He's coming, he's coming back from that with, with a full season. As great as I think McCaffrey was, it doesn't matter what I think. I think the award will go to Geno Smith because he resurrected mm -hmm. his career, essentially. And I think he'll get the votes for that. So as much as if you ask me, he, do I think McCaffrey? What is he coming but, back from? Coming sucking. back from sucking. <laughs> That's my point. It's like yeah. 
that what is comeback player of the year? Like, is it coming back from an injury? Because I feel like that's typically what it is. Yeah. And if it's Geno Smith, like you said, he's coming back from sucking. Like, sucking, yeah. that seems lame to me, to yeah. me personally. But, but yeah. I yeah. And even for him, like me. accepting the award, like, uh, so I used to suck and now I don't. Like, thank you. Right. Thank you, yeah, for, just, thank you for acknowledging <laughs> I don't suck anymore. It's the I don't suck anymore award. Yeah. After, ten, after 10 years in the league, right? After a whole decade yeah. in the league, he gets <laughs> but, yeah, but I, I think, think I think they're gonna give it to I my prediction is is he wins it. Sure. Probably because he's largely probably the one responsible for the Seahawks making it to the playoffs. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So so I, I get that, but it's it's still just like how do you define comeback, right? Is it coming back from an injury? At which point it's it's Saquon versus McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. If it's coming back from irrelevance and sucking, then absolutely it's Geno Smith. Like, it's just, I just, it's just ridiculous. So Ryan Tannehill has already won this award based off of the same principle, right? When when Jimmy was coming back from the ACL in 2019 and he put up that 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 year that he had, he should have won the comeback player of the year. He yeah. should have won it that year. Yes. He should have won it that year. Like it's and then they gave it to Ryan Tannehill, who had not even a full season's worth of starts that year and came back from sucking as well. It's just I, I don't understand the rationale behind this this award. If you're going to do that, then open it up to more than just quarterbacks, okay? Open it up to defensive linemen and linebackers and, and cornerbacks. Open it up to everybody then because there are plenty of other players that have come back from sucking that have played in the NFL this year. So I just it's just such and, an, odd, and it's an odd thing. Did did Nick Bosa win it last year? I don't know who won it we last know. year. Because if he didn't, that again, it, it's a useless award. Because if Nick Bosa didn't win it last year, no, uh, Dak won back. it, right? Dak came back from his injury, I think, and won it. Oh, good call. You're right. right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. What an award. So, <laughs> def defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons, Chris Jones. I think you can throw Chris Jones right the hell out of there. Uh, Micah Parsons, <laughs> I think a lot of people think Micah Parsons is the best defensive player in the NFL, but I think this is Nick Bosa's award. He led the league in sacks yes. on the mm. best defense in the NFL. I think it's just it was kind of his season. I do think Parsons has his his guys that are always going to kind of he's like you know like the Mike Trout type thing. Like people, there's always yeah. people going to vote for Mike Trout for MVP. I think there's I think people feel that way about Parsons, but I think mm. this is I think Bosa is going to get this award by a large margin. Well, and yeah. it's not just his sack total, which he led the league in. I mean, he was far and away the leader in QB hits. I think he's. I'm I'm going to try and look it up, um, but. I think he I think he has like double digit more quarterback hits than the number two guy behind him. So it, it, it's not just the sack numbers. It's he, the the dude was, had an incredible year. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just don't think that I don't think that Parsons had the kind of impact the whole season that Nick Bosa did. Look, Micah Parsons had a fantastic divisional playoff game. He was he was really good. He was all over the field. They lined him up all over the field. And I think that they've kind of unlocked a new way of using him. And it's going to be exciting to see that as a football fan. That's fun to see. I remember Julian Peterson was used kind of similarly with, with the Niners when he was here after they drafted him. They used him all over the field. So I, I love seeing that kind of player that's versatile like that. That being said, Nick Bosa is just better. Like he's just better at that at that particular role that he has been put into as a, as a pass rusher, as a run defender. You can't run at Nick Bosa. That's the thing is that he, he plays on the number one rush defense in the league and plays on that line. You don't have to sub him out when you, when you're playing run defense, he plays all three downs. Whereas like Micah Parsons, what did they do? What was the game plan? Run at Micah Parsons last year and, and this year as well. That was the game plan. Nobody's going to run at Nick Bosa because he's, he plays the run just as well as he plays the pass. So that is so rare to find. And again, it's a nuanced thing, but I hope that voters understand that. And Nick Bosa should be the, the defensive player of the year. We've been saying this for, for a couple months now, and he should be that. Yeah, and statistically, so Bosa had, this is according to Pro Football Reference, Bosa had 48 QB hits. The next closest person was Max Crosby with 35. Bosa mm -hmm. had 18 and a half so, sacks. Yeah. Um, Bosa had 19 tackles for loss, only... Crosby had more at 22. Well, Crosby didn't get enough love here. Chris Jones actually had better numbers than Parsons. Jones, 15 and a half sacks. Parsons, 13 and a half. Tackles for loss, Jones, 17. Parsons, 14. QB hits, Jones, 29. Parsons, 27. I, I guess I didn't give Chris Jones enough credit this year. He had a really good season. Um, mm -hmm. Quietly, but a, a really good season. But still, I think that that's Bosa's award to win. Um, if he does not win that award, that is a major upset. Yeah. 
Well, and and I think it was Nate Tice. I'm trying to find it right now. Um, he he tweeted out something the other day about um, you know historically speaking, uh, QB hits in a season, and I believe there's only been five seasons in NFL history where a player had 40 plus QB hits and Nick Bosa had 48. And of those five, JJ Watt has three of them. TJ Watt has one and Nick Bosa has one. So oh, that's that Watt family, that's that Watt family, I didn't know that. pretty decent. <laughs> so 48, yeah. 48 QB yeah. hits is no joke, man. Yeah. No joke at all. Um, all right. So defensive, no assistant coach of the year. Finalists are D- D'Amico Ryan's Lions offense coordinator, Ben Johnson had a fabulous year. And Eagles offensive coordinator, I don't know how to say his last name, Shane Steichen. 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 He's a local guy. I know that because I watched him play high school football. Oh, really? Yeah. I I think, again, I think this is, I think D'Amico Ryan's, it's going to be his offseason. I do think he's going to win this this award, and I think he's going to be the next coach of the Denver Broncos. Oh, okay. Okay. Al calling you Sean. Okay. Yeah. I've got no argument. Domingo Ryan's best defense from start to finish, right? There wasn't ever really a time anywhere in, in this season where the 49ers weren't considered the best defense in the NFL. And that's D'Amico Ryan's and that's, you know, and so uh, I agree, Al, I think D'Amico Ryan's is gone. Here's the good news though. It sounds like Sean Payton is actually headed back to the booth. He's not going to take a, a, a head coach, one of any of these openings, which I think paves the way for Fangio to come back to SF after D'Amico leaves. That's to me, that's best case scenario. Yeah, knock on wood, and other teams are looking at him too. So yeah, yeah. But if, I'm but no, if you're no Vic Fangio, go ahead. Go ahead, Zane. Uh no argument for me about, about D'Amico Ryan's. He's turned the following players into studs. Dre Greenlaw, Aziz Al Shire, Talano Wafunga, Dionor Lenore. And basically, whoever rotates on the defensive line, aside from Armstead and and Bosa, they're all good. Every single one of them. And he's been this has been the best defensive unit for two years now. He's been heading that up after becoming after being a position coordinator, being the linebackers coach. And for that to happen and and lead up the number one defense in the league and develop all this talent on top of that, unreal job, Demico. And you are seeing the last two games of Demico Ryan's as defensive coordinator. It makes me sad to say that this this game and the next game will be the last game. That you will see Demico as, as a coordinator. He will get a well-deserved head coaching job. But Brian, please go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I, I kind of thought they had a chance to retain him when I saw Harbaugh and Peyton kind of had their names back in the fold. I thought maybe, well, you know, yeah. if the Niners go in the playoffs and people go with those goes guys, but uh, he's I think he's gone. If not Denver, uh, I, 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 maybe yeah. maybe Houston, but I think he's gone. All I was going to say is there are other people looking at Fangio, but if you're Vic Fangio at the age that you are. And you know that that 49ers job is yours if you want it. Are you going to that team with that kind of level of talent or are you going to Atlanta? I, I doubt he's going to Atlanta. Yeah. I wanted to circle oh, back. There's been there's been seven seasons. Nick Bosa's 48 QB hits is the third most in NFL history behind J.J. Watt's 2014 season in which he had 51 QB hits and his 2015 season when he had 50 QB hits. And the nice thing about Bosa's number is that his, everything is in a 16 game size because he didn't play that Atlanta game. And so it goes Watt 51, Watt 50, Bosa 48, JJ Watt 46 in 2013, and JJ Watt 43 in 2012. JJ Watt has four of the top five QB hit seasons in NFL history, and they were subsequent 2012, 13, 14, and 15. Just really one of the one Aaron of the Donald. Slugs. Yeah. yeah, Aaron Donald is yeah. sixth with 41 and TJ Watt is seventh with 40 with 41. So a Watt has five of the top seven um, and JJ being four of those. Just incredible, incredible run. Yeah. But also highlights how incredible this season was for Nick Bosa. Do you ever think like genetics aren't fair? Like you shouldn't <laughs> yes. have the Watts and the Bosas. What are the Sackles yeah. doing? Nothing, nothing. <laughs> Like, what's wrong with my genetics? You know, these families, I it. like, I love it. Ridiculous. Sacco's Sack, got nothing. We offer nothing. Listen to, listen to Al rip on his kids during true. the podcast. That's not no, true. You know what's great, though? I'll say this as a parent. Um, I don't know where they got it from, but way more athletic than me. Way okay, more athletic. Okay. If you ever saw me throw a baseball, you'd be like, Al, stop. And my son's a pitcher. Like, so <laughs> thanks, to my, thanks to, you from, to my wife for bringing in good genes for that. 
because beautiful. Because um, I'm bringing nothing just, to the table. I'm not a wise. Just skipped a couple of generations. Just yeah, yeah. It's just it just yeah. just bypassed me whatsoever. So I bring <laughs> absolutely nothing to the table. I'm a mediocre podcast host. I love say. it. I love it. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. <laughs> Big game to talk about, you guys. Big yeah, game. Yeah, well, before we, before we get to the game, do we want to touch on the Omenahu situation? Well, I think, we you know, we don't, to. we're not going to touch on what, we have no idea what happened. I just, it's in sure. terms of what Kyle said today is. Yes, specifically. It looks that's like all I want they to, said if to he's healthy, on. he's going to play. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that's where we are with that. If his oblique is healthy, he's going to play. If not, we'll see Drake Jackson um, suit up, I think. So I, I still think Drake should suit up, but we'll get into that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I'd like, yeah, to, I, I would, I would like to see him out there. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll let, you know, the legal system see what happens. But the Niners for now are saying, they're going to do do that, and he's going to play if he's healthy. Is, yeah, is the update on that. And that was as of today at uh, Kyle's presser at eleven thirty. Yeah, I want to say so. yeah. Um, all right, so huge game, and I know that you guys are more confident than I am. Big surprise, I'm the one who's worried. Here, here's kind of what I think with the Eagles. I think this is going to be a heavyweight fight. I mean, if you ask me, this is the matchup. Even if I'm not a Niners fan, I want to see this matchup. It's going to be a great, great football game. There's things that the Eagles do that I think can be the kryptonite to the 49ers. And that doesn't mean it's going to work. That doesn't mean the Ni- Niners are a great team, too. That doesn't mean the Niners can't get past it. Let me start on offense, the couple things, that, well, on defense, I should say, the Eagles offense, the couple things I'm worried about. The Niners have had a tough time with number one receivers lately, right? D- Devontae Adams had a huge game. We talked about this last show. DK Metcalf had a huge game. Um C.D. Lamb put up huge numbers. Now, A.J. Brown set career highs in receiving yards, touchdowns, and receiving yards over expected on vertical routes in 2022 when he was the main target. Niners allowed 1,248 yards on vertical routes this season, which was the fifth most in the NFL. So I'm going to ask you guys this question because I'm going to play like nervous Nelly here. Those other three guys that I mentioned, who else on their team scares you catching the ball? On the Raiders, the Seahawks, and the Cowboys. The answer is probably going to be no one. Yeah. Tyler Lockett ain't Tyler Lockett anymore. Noah Brown yeah. and Michael Gallup don't scare you. Um, Hunter Renfro had an awful season. Uh, Matt Collins doesn't scare you, right? So there's it was kind of like one guy. So it scares yeah. me about this game. I'm just getting my worries out there. If A.J. Brown is healthy and he does have a big kind of game, well, the Eagles have more dudes. The Eagles have Devontae Smith. The Eagles have Dallas Goddard. Um, what's it? Watkins is the other one. I think his name is it's there. Quez. You don't like that? Yeah. Quez Watkins. No, I was going to say, I don't think they have more dudes. I don't think that's fair. I, oh, I don't I do. think they have, then, then the I don't Cowboys? Think they have more dudes. Oh, then not the Cowboys. Than the, yes. Yeah. I'm talking about they the have more dudes. My apologies. Than, yes. No. Yeah. Then Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Then, Sorry, and then teams that have thrown on the Niners, they have more dudes. So that worries yeah. me a little bit. And the other thing that worries me is we've seen mobile QBs kind of give the Niners problems at times. Now, Jared Stidham did it, but I don't think the Niners expected Jared Stidham to run. So I don't think they were worried about rushing lanes necessarily in that game. Hertz can Hertz can be an issue with that. He can extend some plays, and that worries me a little bit too. Now, Hertz said today, they asked him about his arm, and he was kind of like, well, it kind of is what it is. Like he implied that it wasn't healthy. So that's something there. And also, um, Jalen Hurts is pretty bad at cover three um, in terms of his QB efficiency. Um, and the Niners ran cover three on 35% of their plays, the seventh highest seventh highest in the league so maybe that balances out but why is al worried the eagles have a lot of dudes more dudes than the cowboys and, and, and teams that we've seen 
the Niners play recently, and Hurts can run. So they're going to need their guys to really, really step up in this game. We talked about Nick Bosa not having a sack in the last two games. He hasn't gone three games since his rookie year without having a sack. I think he's going to I think he's going to have a big game this week. I really do. I think he's going to have like a two sack type game. Um, but that is why I'm concerned on the defensive side of the ball for the Niners, because I think there is some kryptonite there with the Eagles that can cause issues. I mean, you're not wrong, right? What what we, we've talked about it before. What what is the kryptonite to this this 49ers defense? And lately it has been two things, mobile quarterbacks and stud wide receiver ones and the eagles have both right aj brown was a problem for this 49ers defense last season against the titans and he's got a better quarterback now than he had in tennessee and so that is definitely a concern this philadelphia offensive line is one of the better offensive lines in the nfl as well so another concern there because the 49ers pass rush hasn't been as effective this uh, in the last, I would say really kind of four games uh, mm-hmm. including the, including the playoffs. So those are concerns. And I would, I would argue that the, the one thing that I think 49er fans can look at is, just the overall lack of uh, opponent that the Eagles have faced since week 10, right? So since week 10, the Eagles in week 10, they lost to the commanders and then they beat the Colts, the Packers, the Titans, the Giants, the Bears. Then they lost to the Cowboys, lost to the Saints. Then they beat the Giants and then they beat the Giants again, right? So... In that stretch, they played two playoff teams, one of those being the Giants and the other being the Cowboys, and they lost to the Cowboys. Now, they had their backup quarterback in. I get that. Dallas hung 40 on them. They hung 40 on them. On the flip side, the 49ers played the Chargers, the Cardinals, the Saints, the Dolphins, the Bucks, the Seahawks, the Commanders, the Raiders, the Cardinals, the Seahawks again, and then they played the Cowboys this past week. The 49ers, for for all the talk last week about how the 49ers are untested, the, the Cowboys are tested, blah, 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 blah. Obviously, that didn't that didn't rear its head. But genuinely, the Eagles have not been tested outside of that Christmas Eve game uh, since week 10, which is a long time ago. And in week 10, they lost to the Commanders. And how, why did they lose to the Commanders? Well, because the Commanders ran the ball down their throats to the tune of 152 yards and had 40 minutes of possession to the Eagles' 20 minutes of possession. So, the to me, the best defense that this 49ers team can put on the field on Sunday is a ball control offense. and 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 they can do it more so than really any other team that that this that this Eagle squad has faced. The other thing that I think is important to note, Lane Johnson, who is the best right tackle in the NFL, has it's either a groin tear or uh or a or an abdominal tear. I can't remember which one. It's one of those abductor. two. Whatever an abductor. That's what it is. He has an abductor tear. I don't know if you guys watched that game. He looked really compromised against the Giants. The Giants just didn't have anybody to take advantage of that. The 49ers do. I I would love to see D'Amico line Bosa up, especially early on, against Johnson over and over and over and over again and just make Lane Johnson block Nick Bosa until Lane Johnson's abductor can't handle it anymore because I think genuinely that could be the case. And then outside of that, Jordan Maialata, their other, their left tackle, Nick Bosa had a hell of a game against him last year. Um, yep. you know, when when they played the Eagles in in week 2. So Eagles fans, I've gone back and forth with a handful of them on Twitter. Eagles fans are irrationally overconfident for this game. If 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 you were to ask Eagles fans, we might as well not even play this game cuz they're going to kick the shit out of the 49ers. They're they're convinced. And it it, it to me, it it just 
it's it's misplaced because who again who have they played really nobody in the entire season right they haven't really played anybody the best team that they've played is the week 15 Dallas Cowboys and they lost this is by far and away the best team that the Eagles have faced in since, since that Cowboys team whereas the 49ers have have faced a handful of of playoff teams prior to coming in and then played the Seahawks and then beat the beat the Cowboys last week. So and you know and and the and the and the Eagles had a cakewalk against the Giants. So yes it concerns me, but like I said, I think this defense combined with the offense that I think Kyle Shanahan's going to throw out there, I think is 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 going to be able to to withstand the 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 test if you will. So, Ali, you know who else had some dudes? The Miami Dolphins had some dudes on offense. And the Niners took them to the woodshed. They absolutely dominated that game. And it was in, it was in Levi Stadium. It was, it was in, the, in the regular season. But they've seen teams with offensive weapons, and they've been able to beat them. But the, the biggest sort of thing for me is that this team is brilliant as a group. And they've gone through a lot this year. They went through a lot last year as well. Beat the playoffs, scrambled, won the, won the last game of the season, make the playoffs. Went into Dallas against the number one offense and the number, I guess, number one defense on, on DVOA at the time. And beat them. Went into an icy, hostile Lambeau against the NFL's reigning MVP. Beat them. And were a couple of plays away from defeating the eventual Super, Super Bowl champions, uh, St. Louis Rams, wherever that, the Los Angeles Rams, and a team that's better than the team. There's 11 new starters on this team, and they are better than last year's roster at almost every position. And, and the ones that aren't better are basically the same guys that were, were held over from last year. So I, I, I read a stat earlier that broke down Jalen Hurts's last seven games, last seven starts versus Brock Purdy's first seven starts. They're almost identical in terms of statistics, in terms of yards, in terms of touchdowns, in terms of rating. Brock actually had, had a higher quarterback rating in terms of interceptions thrown. They had been playing identical football in terms of throwing the ball. Obviously, Hurts is more of a running threat, but in terms of throwing it, they had been playing pretty much the exact same game. And I know that some people will say, well, well statistics lie, but the, what you're going to hear and what you've been hearing in the national media and what Eagles fans are saying they will think they will make you try to think that the Niners have no shot here. And the reality is, is that this will be, it'll be a dog fight because this is the best, like you said, Brian, it's the best team that both teams have faced, but the Niners have a real shot to win this. And I think that the Eagles have not played a team like the 49ers. That's going to hit them in the mouth. The way that you beat the Eagles is, is you run 30 plus times in their losses. Each one of those teams has run anywhere from 35 to 49 times. In the game and the 49 times that's that's a little bit egregious i don't think i don't think that was the commanders yeah that was washington correct so that's the the formula simple is that you stay committed to the run and eventually those running lanes open up because the eagles are are not very good at defending the run especially power running so let's see what they do they'll stack the box at the beginning of the game it'll be very similar to dallas yards will be hard to come by brock just doesn't doesn't need to do too much just keep this game close to the best keep it close in the first half and then make your move in the second half very simple yeah, and the well, Eagles, that's that's where I think, sorry, Brian, that's where I think the Niners are going to go here. In those games you mentioned, yeah, Washington ran the ball 49 times for 152 yards. So they weren't getting big chunks, but they were just staying with it, pounding the ball, pounding the ball. Dallas 31 for 115, New Orleans 35 for 129 in those three losses. So that's the way to go after the Eagles' run defense. It's 21st in DBOA, and they, they gave up 4.6 yards per carry, which was ninth worst this year in the season. And they Their last how many games here with the Eagles – they get, have given up since, uh, let's see, week 14, 123, 157, 115, 129, 129, and 118 yards on the ground. So I feel like that is where the Niners are going to attack. Like you said, I think they're going to try to to really be physical with them and, and pound the ball. The Eagles can rush the hell out of the passer. They had 70 sacks this year. A lot of that, they have good coverage too, so that was probably part of it. They have four dudes over 11 sacks. That's I mean, they can come at you in a lot of ways. They're deep on that defensive line. So I think the Niners are going to run at them, and I think George Kittle, again, is going to play a big, 
big role this week in the middle of the field. I think, you know, Eagles don't have great linebackers. I, I think that's where they can attack them in the passing game. So that's what I would expect to see is middle of the field, running the ball. And I kind of feel like someone like Juwan Jennings is going to have a big game. You know, not 110 yards. It's not what he does, but you know, three or four big catches in this game that, that keep the chains moving. Those I look to him in this game as well. I saw uh, I saw a stat that uh, the Eagles are bottom third in the league in DVOA against number three wide receivers, which was what Jawan Jennings would be. Um, and the other advantage that the 49ers would have with Jennings on the field is a size advantage. Um, I believe I believe it's Chauncey Gardner Johnson that is their slot defender, and Jawan Jennings I think has probably six inches on him. Um, yeah, uh, since week 10, there's only uh, there's really only been one team that they effectively um, held the running game in check, which incidentally enough was the Tennessee Titans. I believe that was a game that Malik Willis played. Um, they only gave up 87 yards. Every other game, they gave up 100 or more, except for they gave up 99 to the Colts. I'm going to count that as 100. So mm -hmm. one game since week 10 that they've not allowed over a hundred yards or really over 105 yards on the ground. And it was interesting. I, I, um, I tweeted out what you did, what you said Al, about, uh, their last, uh, what is it? Two, four, six games, right. Mm -hmm. With the, with the rushing total, starting with that 123 that they gave up to the giants. Um, and, uh, an Eagles fan, found that and posted stats which broke out how the Eagles did defending running backs, right? Because uh, of those games, again, it's Giants, Bears, Cowboys, Saints, Giants, Giants, right? So three of those games with the Giants and the one with the Bears have uh, a, a team with a rushing attack that includes the quarterback, right? And so they broke out. If you don't include the quarterback, here's what they did defending the run against running backs and obviously that's better because Daniel Jones had big game had a big game against them uh, multiple times and so did Justin Fields but they're still giving up almost four and a half yards of carry to running backs even when you break that out and so the other thing that you have to look into is the 49ers um, since week 10 have the second ranked rush offense uh, by DBOA right which goes against uh, since week 10 the Eagles 17th ranked by DVOA 21 for the season 17 since week 10. I just filtered it from week 10. Kyle Shanahan is looking at this Eagles team, right? That has a very strong defensive line and very strong coverage corners and very poor tackling corners, very poor tackling secondary overall and very poor linebacking core. I don't know if you guys know this. Kyle Shanahan's really good at attacking teams that have shitty linebackers, and the Eagles do. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but they're undersized, right? And so the Eagles, their their rush, or I'm sorry, their pass defense is ranked sixth overall um, since week 10. I think overall for the season, it's even higher. I, I want to say it's first overall. And that's because Gannon likes to run an, a lot of sub packages with, with extra defensive backs on the field. Those defensive backs don't tackle. And if that's what you're going to run, and he largely does, he doesn't change things up very much. He runs what he runs. It's very similar to D'Amico. D'Amico doesn't change it up a ton. I, there's a lot of yards to be had on the ground uh, with this 49ers offense. And I, and, and I guarantee Kyle Shanahan is going into this game saying we're going to run the ball 40 times. And if they can establish the run early one, it keeps the, the, the Eagles offense on the sideline. And two, it opens up the play action game for Brock Purdy, which is where he, he tends to thrive. And so while this, this Philadelphia Eagles defensive line is tremendous at sacking the quarterback, I think if it, as long as you can stay out of straight drop back, uh, passing a uh, straight drop back passing game. Uh, I think you can neutralize that, that defensive line. And the other thing is that Dallas defense is better than this Eagles defense, but not only that it's faster and more athletic than this Eagles defense, it, even on the defensive line. And so I think you're going to see Kyle Shanahan stretch this team horizontally 
which I think is going to be a big, uh, you know, a big advantage for the 49ers as well. It's going to be a dogfight. Like I said, these Eagles fans are irrationally overconfident and I love it. I love that for them so that I can come back or, or uh, Ted uh, famous receipt puller on 49ers, Twitter, King of the receipts, uh, Ted, I was on his uh, show earlier today. Um, yeah. Keep that energy because I am, I am more than willing to admit as a 49er fan, this is a this is a this is a heavyweight matchup, like you said, Al. This is going to be a dogfight. There are there are four. We said this last time. There are four true outcomes, right? One team with a blowout victory, one team with a, a close, hard fought victory, and then vice versa, the other team with a blowout. I think the two options, the 49er blowout and an Eagles blowout, I think that's off the table. I think this this game is going to come down to probably the very end, and and I think I I, I like the 49ers chances. Uh, just because it's it's strength on strength, and I think our strength is better than their strength. Um, but it it's definitely it, it, I am not I'm not overly confident. Um, but 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 there's there there is a there is a victory in there to be had. There definitely is. Yeah, really quickly. Um, to your point, Brian, about uh, Kyle attacking linebackers. Remember Blake Martinez when he was with Green Bay, and then <laughs> when he was with the Giants as well. Oh yeah. He, he was he was Kyle's target. Kyle bullied him. Kyle bullied him hard. Yeah, and yes. I can I can see that same sort of thing happening here. Also, fun little stat from Rohit Ganon on Twitter, Forty um, Nineers Twitter. Uh, the Forty Nineers are twenty six and four uh, since twenty nineteen when they rushed for one hundred fifty plus yards in a game, and in that same time span, they are seven and zero when they rush for two hundred plus yards in a game. So, forty plus rushes is what I'm is what I'm expecting. Yeah. One other thing I, I alluded to earlier, and I. I didn't follow up with one thing that I wanted to hurts in that game, the divisional game. He didn't look like he wanted to get hit to me. He did not and, at all. I agree with yeah. you. And that from what he said today, and I don't have the exact quote, but he just alluded to like, I'm as good as I'm going to be. It is what it is. I got to play. He does worry me like crazy running, but if he gets popped a couple times early, might be a little hesitant because he is not healthy. And everybody that's talking right now, the quarterback difference and, and everything else. I don't think the Eagles have a healthy quarterback. So they're not that taking is, that into account at all. Yeah, I don't think people are. So that is the one thing. And I don't know if AJ Brown's healthy either. Here's his hamstring, wasn't it, that he hurt? So they're a little banged in the places where they can hurt the Niners. And I'm, I, I'm a worrier, so I am worried about it. But those two dudes, I don't know that they're 100% healthy, especially Hurts. If, if his shoulder is not right and he doesn't want to take hits, that takes a lot out of their offense. And, um, you know, Gainwell and Miles Sanders are not going to run for 200 yards on the Niners like they did on the Giants. It's no. not going to happen. So no. that gets taken. I don't. I, I know the Eagles' offensive line is terrific, but they're not going to run. There's been two dudes who've hit 100 yards under D'Amico Ryan's. That's it. That's it in mm. two years. So they're not going to run like that. Hertz is going to have to make plays with his arms. So that could be something that I don't feel like anybody's really talking about that can make a difference in this game if, if they're truly not healthy. But look, man, I, I think it's going to be, I keep saying it, a heavyweight fight. It's going to be an awesome game. My head is kind of telling me, the Eagles, but I'm not going with my head today. I'm going with my heart and I'm going to say the Niners. I'm going to say 27 to 23 ish in that range. Niners are going to go to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, that's what I think. I just want to hit on that real quick out. The Giants have the 32nd ranked run defense in DVOA. So yeah, Gainwell and, and Sanders aren't going to find the same kind of success against this 49ers defense at all. Zane, you got a prediction yeah, for us? Yeah, also the only team strength of schedule, right? The argument of, oh, the Niners haven't played it. The only team with the worst strength of schedule than the Niners, the Philadelphia the Eagles. Eagles. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, hey, I'm going to be doing a victory podcast on Monday. Okay, so that's that's what I decided is that I will be doing a victory podcast. I will be doing the intro for that. And you're going to see this face and hear this voice on that victory podcast doing the intro. And the Niners are going to win. They're going to win 24 to 21. I don't think there'll be a lot of points scored in this game because both of these teams, like the, the Niners are going to play keep away. They're going to shorten this game. And the yards are going to be hard to come by for both teams. So I feel like it'll be a very similar sort of feel to Dallas. But I feel like everybody is underestimating how good this 49ers team is and everybody's underestimating how good Brock Purdy is and the impact that he's been able to make. So Niners are going to win this. We will be talking about a Super Bowl berth against i hope cincinnati we'll see or casey i don't know but we'll see i don't care but the Niners are going to win this game 
I love it. I uh, like I said, I was on uh, a, a different uh, a YouTube show earlier today, and they got a prediction. And I, obviously, I, I I picked a 49ers victory. I've I've done it every week, right? I gotta I gotta <laughs> I gotta stay consistent, and I genuinely believe that they will win this game. Um, you know, like I said, I think Eagles fans are irrationally overconfident. I agree that that. <sighs> I I think I don't think this Eagles defense is as good as that Cowboys defense. And so I expect the 49ers offense to score more than they did against the the Cowboys. I think this Eagles offense is probably a little bit more dynamic than that Cowboys offense and so I think mm-hmm. they'll score a little bit more than the Cowboys did as well or or I I'm not even going to say a little bit more. I think they'll score significantly more. I think they're going to double up that that Cowboys score. But I think it's going to come down to I think Robbie Gold is going to send us to the Super Bowl. I really do. I think I think the 49ers are going to have a game-winning drive and Robbie Gold is going to kick the game winner to send San Francisco to the Super Bowl with a final score of the 49ers 27, Eagles 24. I mean, if you get enough kicks at the can, you're going to make it at some point, right? And people will point to the Bills and be like, oh, they went to four straight. They went, I mean, it was a different NFL back then, right? Where teams were regularly like going every year. It's, it's it, was, it was a much different league, and if you give yourself enough shots at it, eventually one's going to pan out just by dumb luck, or something's going to go your way, or that that is exactly what happened with Kansas City. They added Mahomes, but like they were close for several years, and all it took was a quarterback taking them over the top. And I think the same thing will happen with the Niners this year. Well, the most recent five has, have ended in absolutely excruciating fashion. Like it couldn't have been any more painful. So um, <laughs> let's hope, yeah, law of averages that it's. Uh, that it, that it gets a little bit better here. So we'll see. But yeah, listen, man, guys, fans, just enjoy it. Let's go. Let's get to the Super Bowl. Let's do it. Um, and yeah, we can't wait to break it all down. If we could talk about the Super Bowl for the next two weeks, man, we'll have guests on here and just break it all down. It'll, it'll be awesome. So that's that's what I'm hoping for. Um, hopefully we'll get there. So for Brian and Zane, Love I'm it. out. Peace. Later. Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company.